Hey, this is Jim, pastor of Decided Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope the sermon you're about to hear just blesses your heart and really encourages you. If you don't mind, subscribe. That way you'll get instant notifications every time a sermon is uploaded. And by all means, if you're feeling led to give, click on the giving link and there'll be more directions to follow. God bless. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Can you guys give God a shout of praise that he is our living hope? Thank you so much. We'll never get over that, will we, Eddie? My man over there representing. Uh, My name is Pastor Jim. It's such an honor and a privilege to have you today. It's a fifth Sunday, so that means we do things a little bit differently, and we get to share testimonies of what God's doing in your life. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit different perspective, different voice, different uh, life experiences. And what I've learned over these years doing Fifth Sundays a little bit differently is that maybe it's something somebody else says, the way they share it, the angle that they have on it, uh, that I could never share. I, I, that's not my story, but it touches us in such a way. It ministers to us in such a way uh, that just drives it home. And uh, we've had some awesome stories that we have lined up for you today. And I don't know if you knew this, but today is Teacher Appreciation Sunday. So if you're a teacher here today, thank you for giving your life to educate the next generation. Uh, we, We love you and we honor you for that today. But we thought it would be pretty special, pretty cool if we had two of our own teachers that serve every single Sunday right over there in Sprouts, which is our children's ministry. And we thought it'd be pretty cool if we interviewed them, brought them up, and asked them a few questions. So I want you guys to give a warm welcome to Emily Slominski and Lori Howard, our Sprouts directors. Y'all go ahead and come on up. Emily, are you in the house today? We might have to go running. Well, that's all right. You can hold down the fort for us, fourth, right? Well, everybody, this is Lori Howard. You go ahead and have a seat. And Emily's coming. She's right here. Hey, Emily Slominski, come on up. You're right off the press. I know the I have press, to bring it you? down a little bit. I know, I know. No, we'll take it. We'll take all, this is 10 o'clock. We'll take all the energy. This service is a little more Ooh, it's crowded. than 30. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, we love, we love you, 10 o'clock. You guys are great, by the way. We have to set up metal chairs for you. I love that. So Emily and Lori, Emily, we'll start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about you, your family, how in the world you found Decided Church, and how you got plugged in serving over there in Sprouts. Okay. I am Emily Slominski, and I am married to Marcus. That's our seat over there, although hey, I can't see him. We have three daughters. Cindy is 15, and Allison is 12, and Jenny is 11, so she'll be the last one graduating out of Sprouts. But, um, so we started coming here, um really just a conversation and an invite from Brandon Kerr. So you, you ne- never hey know Good job, what man. that conversation will lead to. Hey, That's come right. visit my church. Come and see, so, go and tell. That's right. Exactly. And we started coming in October of 2020. So it was after COVID and when we're all in our houses, you know, isolating. And so coming into this community was just like, woo, it felt great for all of us. My kids <laughs> were excited. Once, and <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, it was soon after that that we were doing in the new members class, and I just felt that nudge towards Sprouts, really, at the beginning. Um, yeah, so that's how we started here. Amen. 
I'm glad to have you. Lori, what's your story? So similar to Emily, Jake and I, um, my husband is Jake, Jake Howard. We yeah. have four boys. Our oldest, Bryson, is 20, and he is a rising junior at North Green Greenville University. Yep. And our youngest, Joseph, is four. And so we have quite the span and ages there. We have Jacob and Will right there in the middle. So um, we in... When we first got married, we were looking for our church. We each had a church, but we were looking for our church, and we visited yeah. a few. Um, and in 2020, we found a site. A friend of mine was posting about it on social media very often, and so I was like, well, let's go, go see it. what this place yeah. is. And the first day we came, I instantly knew this was home. Um, Jake may or may not have taken a bit longer to get on board, <laughs> but I instantly Plus knew this was home. <laughs> Um, we took a COVID break. When COVID hit, we took a little bit of a break, a longer break than decided did, but we returned in January of 21 and hit the ground running. That was immediately, this is home, this is where we belong. Um, and I knew as soon as I was a family member, Sprouts is gonna be where I was gonna serve. I, prior to my current role at um, Columbia International University, I was in children's ministry. That was my career prior. So I knew when it was time to become a family member and step into service, it was gonna be with the kids. Good. So tell me a little bit about you both started serving in Sprouts and volunteering. How did you guys go from volunteering on a Sunday, maybe one service, to now directing and leading the entire program every Sunday, all three services? It wasn't intentional. It wasn't okay. anything <laughs> that Alyssa or that um, Emily and I, she'll, she'll share how she, um, I don't want to say ended up here because we're blessed to do this um, but it wasn't anything that either of us saw in ourselves it was seen in us um, Alyssa was over sprouts and she knew that I had a background in kids men and so she asked me she's like hey just keep your eyes open let me know like let me know where we can tweak the thing here tweak a thing there and I guess she liked what I said and yeah. so it kind of turned into rather than making recommendations why don't you start implementing and then one Sunday morning she introduced me to a new family as the children's ministry director, and I was like, oh, so we're doing that. And That's how it happens around here. Yeah. Here, here we are. So. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Yeah. So you were just kind of voluntold, and yeah. off you go. Well, it was, I knew I was, I, was in, I was included in the process. Right. It was not right. like, a, here, you're doing this now, very much. It was a lot of conversations and a lot of discussions and a lot of implementing this and that, and I was yeah. ready for it. Um, I don't necessarily love titles or attention. I like being over there in Sprouts behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so I love this. <laughs> Sometimes it's interesting how God's calling follows obedience, not necessarily precedes obedience. So tell me, Emily, from your perspective, how, how did those small steps of obedience turn into a calling? Sure. It, it started with a willingness um, and little steps. You know, I was over there, and the more I was over there, the more I wanted to be over there. And I wasn't there, and I was missing out. I wanted to be teaching. And so it was just those moments of obedience where taking on more responsibility or filling in a gap um, really was just out of obedience. Yeah. And like Lori said, the title seems so weird yeah. or foreign to me, but it's really the action of obedience being put to work. I mean, I love that. I, we often say around here, if you want to know God's calling on your life, brush your teeth. Like do the small things that you know to do that are right, and then God will reveal the bigger plan. So... Emily, I'm curious, we, you know, one of my favorite ways to describe Decided Church is we're a next generation church. We're all about the next generation. 80% of people die 
believing what they were taught about God by the age of 13. So I want to know from you, serving in Sprouts, what does being a next generation church mean to you? Well, you have probably heard Jim say this, that the babysitting goes on over here because the teaching is going on over there, which I'm not minimizing over here either because I love it. (laughs) But from the moment the kids go through that door, babysitting is not happening. It's very intentional. Um, And like I said in the first service, Charles Stanley, I don't know if you guys um, love him a lot, but he recently passed away. And you just think of some of the great forerunners for us who are passing on and you think now now we are taking up that mantle we need to do this in our area you know just being intentional um for me it's really also about prayer one week kids were popping to my mind during the week we only see them a a small window on a sunday so i just was like we need to be covering them in prayer and like jim said their parents but if we aren't doing it who is like um so yeah just to me, every from the from the pulpit to everyone, we're about the next generation, Amen. and it and it comes yeah. through. Lori, how would you answer that question? What's your spin on that? What does being a next generation church mean to you? Uh, it's one of the big things I appreciate about the church as a whole is that it's not just okay, Lori and Emily, y'all go take care of the next generation. Y'all got it. The whole church is in on it. The whole yeah. church is behind it from. Sunday morning walking through the door and our senior pastor greeting your children and loving on your children and knowing their name to Adventure Week. You will see all of us, everyone, from Jim, Alyssa, production, everyone is all in and clearing their week and being here late nights to love on your kids and make them known, um, make them know that Jesus loves them and that we love them and we want them here and pouring that in and we talk about the next 10 and if we think about the next 10 years our eight-year-olds are going to be 18. Wow. so if we're not pouring into them today and teaching them and giving them that solid foundation they're not going to have much to stand on come right. next 10 so we have yep. to be serious about it today that's right amen that's so good so i know we are constantly recruiting and encouraging for more volunteers and God knows we need more space, right? So looking forward to the future, what's one of the things that you're most excited about, Lori, about the new building, the new space, um, the newest volunteer that comes over there? What's next? Oh, the space. The space yeah. is going to be amazing in our new building. Um, we do a great job here, and I don't want to say that, oh, the next two years is going to be hard. We do a great job here, but we are limited in space. We have beginning walkers in the same room with four-year-olds, and we have K-4 in the same room with fifth graders just because of the space. And so while we do a great job of loving on the kids and presenting them with the word of God, how amazing it's going to be when we can put them in individual spaces based on their grade level and teach directly to their ability to understand, to take our two and three-year-olds and teach them differently than we teach our 18-month-olds and our beginning walkers and to take our four-year-olds through our first graders and teach them at that level and then our second through fifth graders and teach them at that level or even more spread out than that if we can make it happen in this space but i think we can that is that is super we've we've been jim and i've been talking about the building and who goes where and i'm super pumped about getting kids in a room with age-appropriate lessons on their level and going deep with our older kids and planting those seeds with our younger kids yeah amen seven classrooms potentially for all your littles so what is it about the the new building that excites you for the sprouts program 
Well, just like Lori said, it, it, it will be awesome. Because if you walk over there right now, every seat is filled. It's pretty chaotic. On a, It could be pretty chaotic. And so it'll just be fun to teach kids individually and have that just one-on-one -on -one intentional time. But something I was sharing earlier was during the Capitol campaign, we were getting to teach the kids about God loves a cheerful giver and they had their piggy banks and they were contributing and it's going to be really good for them to see, wow, I helped build this yeah. and taking ownership of their new space and inviting their friends to something that they are also a part of. So I'm really excited about I that too. I love that. That's cool. And they tell us again how much they've raised so far. Oh, it's over $500. It's over $500. Yeah. We, we, we are currently, so moms and dads with piggy banks at home, keep yeah. bringing them in. Every time the kids <laughs> reach $100 of giving, we throw a $100 party. And so our last party was a $500 party. Amen. And we are That's currently awesome. at about $560. So. That's so good. That's awesome. Those kids are going to build the building after all. Piggy Charlie Prime's going to build that building. All right. So, Lori, tell me about a moment. Can you share something that just clicked for you because every Sunday is not wonderful. Every service time is not, doesn't run smoothly like you would hope. So what was that moment where you look and you're like, man, this is why I do it. I'm going to hold on to this story for those rough seasons to get me through. My heart, my passion um, is for the, the family or the child that could be labeled quote unquote difficult um, for the child who's going to cry when they come through the door. Yeah maybe for the child who other churches have said they can't participate, they're, they're too difficult. That to me is my heart and my passion is taking that family and that child and making the whole family know your child is not only wanted, but they are loved. And then because of that heart of the program that we have, um, we try to instill that with our leaders as well is like, yeah, love them. Yep, they're crying, love them. Yep, they're not obeying, love them. Keep them here, don't go get mom love them we want them here they need to know we want them here yeah. um seeing the transformation that happens in that child yeah. as they learn they do want me they do love me and now they will believe that jesus loves them that's right what we're trying to teach them and seeing the parents like come to us with tears in their eyes like thank you so much like that to me is that's that's the why so many times as amen, amen. you can clap for that <clears throat> From my experience, uh, so many times we've been able to watch husband and wife stick over here on this side because they've seen that transformation. Man, my kids ask me during the week, when's the next time I can go to Sprouts? My friends are at Sprouts. And so oftentimes it's what you guys are doing over there that makes that family stick and want to join, want to plug in. Emily, What's, what was that moment for you that really solidifies, this is my why, um, this, this is what I'm going to hang on to, this is why I do it? Okay, so there are so many moments that happen on a regular day, like so many hugs, or a child comes in with their Bible and they're just really excited, um, or a, somebody memorized the Bible verse and they're wanting to share it with their friends. That's really rewarding. But the thing that really impacted me was fall baptisms last year when all the baptisms were our little people. They were yeah, up there, out so there cool. publicly yeah. saying, I believe in Jesus, you know? And so that is our next generation. They're yeah. the ones that are going to be out there saying, you know, put your hope and your faith in Jesus. Yeah. And so that really solidified it for me. Like the next generation is out there 
publicly telling Lake Murray and That's their right. church family that they have committed to Jesus. That was so cool. There must have been 13 of them or so uh, just sprouts kids, children getting baptized, going public in their faith. That's awesome. That's why we do it. That's so cool. So on Teacher Appreciation Sunday, we want, on behalf of the whole church body, we want you guys to know that we love you, we honor you, we're thankful for you, uh, the sacrifice, the dedication that it takes to serve over there Sunday in, Sunday out, all three, well, I guess all two services, um, but we're so thankful for you. And we gave you all a gift card at 8.30, so I'm not going to pretend that that's new again, but if you're a teacher here today, if, if you, you've given your life to serve that next generation and bringing them up, teaching in public school, private school, homeschool, any type of educational environment, we want you to stand on Teacher Appreciation Sunday so we can honor you. We have a small gift for you. Our ushers are ready in the back. So would you stand at this time? Any teacher. You don't have to go here or belong here, but if you're a teacher, stand. Amen. Thank you all so much for serving. Just stay standing. We're coming around. We have a gift for you. Thank you, Amber, and all the others that are standing. That's right, Sherry, she, she's a teacher too. So thank you so much. Thank you, Emily and Lori. We appreciate your time. I know your kids are anxious to have you back. What in the world have we done? Um, so thank you for sharing a little bit of your Sunday with us. And I just want to encourage you, maybe you're in the crowd today and you're wondering about your next step or where to plug in, how to serve. Don't forget that Emily and Lori are the perfect example of how they just started obeying in the small steps, just the small little pieces. And what their obedience got them was a leadership position over the entire program. So never discount yourself. Never discount what that small step of obedience can do. It just might be that leadership moment because we as a leadership team, we love calling out the gold in our leaders and finding where your sweet spot is. So we'd encourage you to get plugged in if you're not yet. Okay, we're going to change gears and introduce another story, another testimony for y'all today. And this is a fellow that's been around Decided Church for several years. And the Lord put it on my heart that it was time to hear his story again. He shared his story several years ago, um, but the Lord just ministered to us. And, and so I want to hear a little bit about Josh Swindler's adoption story. So you guys welcome Josh Swindler up on stage. Come on up, buddy. And the cool thing about Josh is that you also serve in Sprouts. I do. Yes. So while Emily and Lori are up here talking, you know exactly what that's about because you serve over there in the toddler room. I sure do. So yeah, tell us fun. a little bit about um, you, your story, what brought you to Decided Church, all the different areas that you serve. Just take it away. No, I'm going I'm okay, I'm I'm to. I'm just too excited, okay? Just I'm going to sit. I'm sitting. I'm sitting. Well, okay. I came to Decided Church a little over three years ago, probably three and a half. Um, I moved to Irmo from Newberry to work at Chick-fil-A. And oh, of course, yeah. my first week there, I say, hey, Jim, where can I go to church around here? He said, decided, come on, I'm a preacher. I was like, okay. Yeah. So from, from Which I, ha off, I haven't always been that honest with people. Really? There's a lot. When I was working at Chick-fil-A for several years, I would just invite them to my church. I didn't tell them that was the oh, okay. pastor. Nice. Well, and then they oh, got no, him. So they're so like, oh, you're the guy. So Never mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then I joined here, got probably within a month of yeah. coming here. I mean, it was an automatic home first time I got here. Um, then I, I served in, of course, he said Sprouts, and I did a lot in First Impressions, but when I moved back to Newberry, I'm a firefighter there, so I, every third Sunday I got to work. So yeah. 
I kind of gotten away from first impressions, but still in Sprouts as much as I can. But well, we're grateful when you can show up. Yeah, um, so. you're putting out fires. We're putting out fires in a spiritual right. sense, right. so <laughs> it's good. I'm tracking with you. Cool. Um, tell us a little bit about you. So you're adopted. Yes, I am. And tell me a little bit about your adoption story. Um, when did your parents tell you you were adopted? Did you have a relationship with biological mother right. or? Yeah, um, I've known my whole life. Uh, you can kind of see a picture of me up there as a little kid. Um, I, of course, I didn't know what my, my story and my birth mom's story is called the story of the three crosses, and I'll get into that a little bit later on. But as you can see, I mean, three crosses always played a part in my life. I mean, I was a little yeah. toddler. I didn't know to get three crosses painted on my face, but that's just what I wanted. Um, yeah. But, yeah, my parents have told me and my older brother, he's also adopted our whole life, that, you know, it's cool. I mean, adoption is awesome, you know. The Lord adopted every one of us when you know, he, when we accepted him into our hearts. So it's always been a big part of my parents, you know, putting it out there and letting us know that how much they loved us, how birth moms loved us, you know, and, yeah. and that they chose life for us. Amen. Um, th and one that they couldn't That's provide. So, so Yeah, it's, it's always been a, a blessing, not anything bad. Yeah. So, How old were you when you got to meet I your mean, birth mom? 18 is when I met her wow. for the first time. Um, when... I actually met her parents before I met, got to meet her, her birth mom my senior year in football. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was senior night, and we we didn't win a single game my whole year. Like senior <laughs> year, it was bad. I, I didn't play much, and they they told me that I was a team captain. I was like, why the heck am I a team captain for this game? Okay, I yeah. guess I'll go out in the last game. And, you know, then they called up a couple plays for me, and I'm ne usually a blocker, and they threw me some balls. I was like, okay, this is weird. Then after the game, I found out that um, my birth mom's parents were there, so wow. I got to meet them for the first time. And my coaches knew so that's kind of why yeah. he kind of put the spotlight on me, which is cool now thinking about it. But and then um, right before Christmas, my 18th birthday, my parents were like, "Hey, you want to meet your birth mom?" I was like, "Yeah." So um, that that was really that was really cool. I I wish I could remember the experience, but yeah. it was kind of like it just happened, and it was, I just remember just smiling the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so neat. So were you ever bitter or resentful? Were there some hard moments where you wondered why God's plan for your life unfolded the way it did? No, I was too spoiled for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there you go. My parents, they never <laughs> let me, and more my brother, question how much we were loved or that, Amen. that wasn't the right plan for that, that God had for us. I mean, it's always been, yeah. yeah I've never, never had any doubt or resentment that you know, I was loved. That's so good. And that's so. a testament to your parents that they – Right, involved yeah, definitely because her the the entire story and yeah. they they wanted you to have a relationship with her yes yeah, because um, it's, it's very rare for an open adoption like we have like it's yeah pretty cool so, so tell me about these three crosses you said you're going to yeah, bring it up so, again so. um yeah so whenever so I, a little bit about it my birth mom when she was 19 she got pregnant with me and um she didn't know what to do and she thought that she couldn't, you know, provide for me, so that she thought abortion was the way to go, and she set up um, an appointment for an abortion clinic. Then the day of the abortion, she got sick with a stomach virus and had to reschedule for the next week. So she gets her best friend Lindsay to ride up with her to a uh, said some other town. It wasn't where they grew up. Um, so they get to the appointment, and Lindsay's trying to talk her out of it the whole time, saying, you know, abortion is not the way to go. You know, we can get through this. We we're with you. She's like, no, you know, this is what I need to do. So. The nurse actually made Lindsay leave because she was making the decision too difficult for oh, my birth wow. mom. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, you know, you got to go. So Lindsay left and went and said, I'm just going to buy you a present for when it's all said and done. So 
Lindsay goes, comes back, and sees my birth mom sitting on the front steps. And she, like, when she saw her, she's like, "Yeah, I knew you couldn't go through with it." She's like, "Well, it's not really that. Uh, the doctor that was uh, scheduled perf to perform the abortion is out sick with a stomach virus today." What? And the doctor that was um, replaced him, I'm one week too far along for him to perform the abortion. Wow. So she'd left with a like. She knew that God had a special plan for you know my life and. So when they get back home, Lindsay remembers that, oh, crap, I bought you a present. Here you go. It was This was supposed to be, you know, showing that God still loved you after, you know, what you went through. But now it's a sign of his love and That's faithfulness. Yeah. It was Amen. a precious moments cross. I don't know if you all know precious moments. but So that was the first cross. Um, second cross came when my parents wanted to give my birth mom something to show their love and yeah. uh, appreciation for it. So they bought her a necklace, and they gave it to her with a letter just showing, you know, thanking her as much as they could and so that was the second cross and the third cross is what um, my birth mom actually gave me uh, she gave me a lot of different presents growing up and I'll, I'll show a few of them here but we had one it was a Christmas ornament with a gold cross hanging in it and it hung on our Christmas tree every year until I was old enough to understand what my adoption story was wow. and her love for me and God's love for me so on my 15th Christmas we broke it open and my parents got me a gold chain and with the chain and would represent my parents' love, the cross would represent my birth mom's love and then together would be the uh, God's love for that's us. So, so cool. Yeah, that's Amen. kind of a quick rundown of my yeah. three crosses. There's a lot that's more so cool things, but there is, uh, yeah, cool, thank you. Yeah, There is one part I want to share about it. Um, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, we'll hear about it maybe a little bit later, but yeah, I'll just skip that for now. We'll, well, we'll I wanted back. to know okay. um, yeah. how how is God... Because you've got some pretty cool stories about yeah. how God's used your adoption story yeah, for sure. to change other people's lives and actually, through yeah. your story, give life. Yeah, for sure. Like um, my first time talking about it uh, at my church or the church I grew up in in Newberry, Avalay. After I spoke on it, a lady came up to me and said, "Hey, I work for Crisis Pregnancy Center. Can you come do a quick Q and A about talking about like your birth mom?" I was like, "Yeah, of course." So I do that, and you know, it's all it's all cool. I don't think anything of it. I get a call a week later, and she said, "Hey, I got a story for you." I was like, "Okay, what?" She said, um, "So today, a lady was coming in um, to get a prayer because she was going to have her abortion later, and we played her your video, and she left on an adoption plan." So wow. that was like really cool. Yeah. And then a few years later, I spoke at my aunt's church. I think it was Lake Murray Baptist, and spoke there there's this couple that they couldn't have kids and the the wife wanted to adopt and the husband was like no you know i'm completely against right. adoption you know it's biological that's what i want to do so she couldn't make it to service but he came um heard what i had to say it changed his life went home and said you know i'm ready i'm I wanna, open, I'm open. Yeah. i want to adopt so her granddad gets sick and they have to go to the hospital somewhere in north carolina i'm not sure what state or what part of north carolina well they're there at the hospital with her granddad her best friend calls her saying, hey, I have somebody that heard that y'all want to adopt and they want y'all to be the parents. Can y'all come pick the baby up? She's like, yeah, where are you? She's like, we're in a hospital in North Carolina. It was the same hospital. What? So, yeah, they, That's so, so cool. It's, it's pretty cool. And there's a, I'm sure there's more, but God is so good. Two that really like stood out. Yeah. So. <clears throat> That's got to make you feel like the way yeah. God ties it all together um, has got to make you feel just so seen and so special that yeah, God yeah. used that story. It did. It was yeah. it's, it's really cool. So. Well, you've got some of your family here, so I, I want to hear about um, this this row of handsome individuals back here. I think right now I just have my mom, my dad, That's and then right. some family friends that we're their family, not just friends. 
That's I'm right. Ms. Melanie and Mr. Jacob Schumpert. They came all the way from Saluda. Amen. Thank you all for coming. So, it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah. And we also have one other special one other guest. One other special guest. And I guess if she, Why uh, don't you go ahead and introduce her and call her up here? Okay. Come on. This is my birth mom, Miss Brandy. So yeah. Yeah, she yeah. Her, she's going to come and say hey I can take this stuff for you. Have a seat. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Miss Brandy, for coming. Thank you for having me. This is an honor and a privilege. I want to hear a little bit about, from your perspective, how did you know as a 19-year-old teenager that this is, what, this is what God had for you? This is what was best? Well, at first I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at first, um, you, you know, like I, at first, you know, the only thing I could see was I can't do this. This yeah. isn't for me. Um, and obviously, you know, God had plans for me that I did not understand. Yeah. Um, so once the abortion was no longer an option, I promise you, as soon as I got in that car, um, my friend kept telling me, you've got to tell your mom, you've got to tell, and I was like, no, I cannot tell my parents, my parents are going to be devastated. And one night my mom came in my room and she said, something's not right. You know, what is going on? And so finally I told her and the next day she called and she talked to Bethany Christian services. Well, I had been doing my own research. So I called and talked to Bethany Christian Services too. Well, it was the adoption agency that eventually um, handled our adoption. Yeah. And it turns out that a friend of my family was the counselor there. Wow. And it, it's just, a, I cannot, in 28 minutes, I cannot yeah, tell I you everything that God did from the moment abortion was closed to the moment that he was placed for adoption. I cannot wow. tell you the number of times that you can look back and literally see God wow. literally put things in place. Um, I mean, even to the fact that the family that let me come live with them, I mean, they had never allowed someone to come live in their home before. They had two teenage daughters. Why would they want a pregnant teenager in their house? Yeah. And I mean, th we ended up being so close. Their oldest daughter was in my wedding. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. know, it became family to us. Um, so I don't think there was, a, once the decision was made that adoption was not going to, that abortion was not going to happen, I can instantly say that I never felt like, I never felt like Joshua was mine. Mm. You know, it's almost like I always knew yeah. that he had a place somewhere else. Yeah. There's a story in the Bible about that. Hannah gave up her baby boy to the Lord. What's it been like to now be reintroduced to his life and be part of the process all along. You were a family friend right. for 18 years before you became <laughs> right. mom, right? When so I what was that like to just be on the sidelines watching this and how God has redeemed all these parts of your story? When I saw your question, it said, how did it feel to be let back in Joshua's life? And I was like, gosh, that's so strange. I never was out of it. Right. Um, Amen. Now, my original adoption plan was I did not want any pictures. I did not want any contact with the family. Like, I was very much, okay, God, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to do this. But I, once it's done, I'm done. I'm out. Well, they were not supposed to take pictures of Joshua at the hospital. I was not supposed to have him in my room. My mom left for supper to go get supper for us. And when she came back, I had him in the room with me. <laughs> and wow. she was like, wait a minute, that's not what we decided. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, like a week after he was born, these pictures show up in the mail. You know, the pictures they do in the hospital. Well, we didn't pay for them. I don't know how they got to us, but they did. 
And then I reached out to the pregnancy counselor and she said, well, I want you to know the family has sent something for you if you're interested. So within a couple of weeks, Jackie and Sherry and I met. Um, I mean, and from that point on, like my two children remember back in the day when you had a phone that was connected to the wall. My two kids remember clearly coming into the kitchen and I was sitting right by the counter and I would be on the phone for hours and it was me and Sherry and she would send pictures and on the back of every single picture and I'm not talking 10 pictures I'm talking about pictures on the back of, of every picture fly. yes no a lot of Walmart <laughs> <There you go. laughs> this is when you had to take the pictures right. to be developed <laughs> yeah I'm dating myself yeah and she would write on the back of every picture whatever was happening so I felt like I was part of their wow. life every single day and whenever I had children my husband and I decided this is not going to be something we keep from them yeah. now as young children we knew they would not understand so from the very beginning they knew who Jackie and Sherry were they knew they were family friends right. Um, I don't remember how old they were the first time they met Joshua, but they were right. The right me, and they were fairly young. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, is when they found out that Joshua was their biological brother, they were so excited. But they were so disappointed that Jackson wasn't his yeah. older brother. Yeah. They yeah. were like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. We've met this family. I've known all of them my whole life, and now you're telling me one of them isn't my brother? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, they, so they, they are. I know, now. they are, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it's been really cool how it's worked out, so, yeah. Praise God for this. I mean, just, this is so unique. I hope mm -hmm. you all understand how unique and special this whole relationship is mm -hmm. and how God has used every part of it to bring Him glory. And I, I'm going to continue to pray that God uses the story, your video is still out there. Yeah, somewhere. Um, I'm going to continue <laughs> to pray that... God uses this story to even stir in our church body. You know, there could be, I, I wouldn't be surprised every time that you've spoken, there's mm -hmm. been somebody in our church family that's been deeply impacted, that's been through something terrible and rough, or maybe God's calling them to adoption and this was the step they needed. What would you say to somebody who might be here today considering adoption, um, wondering if, what, if that's what God has for them, uh, can you speak into that or offer them any encouragement? Absolutely. Of course, everybody's story is going to be different. Everyone's experience is going to be a different. Um, my first suggestion would be to really get good godly counsel. Um, don't go through just anybody to help you make these decisions. Um, and secondly, be a part of the process. Um, I think that that is one thing that allowed me to have a lot of peace was knowing that I had sat there with huge binders of families and looked through pictures. And I mean, immediately, as soon as I opened up the book that had all of their information, I mean, I remember thinking, this is it. Hmm. You know, I wanted this child to have a, a brother and, or a, some older sibling and be part of a family. And seeing how their whole family, I mean, huge extended family, would... They'll be here next service. Right. Would <laughs> yeah, there might not be enough places to no, sit. Yeah, we, might, we need more chairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rope off this center section. Yeah. Um, just being a part of that, just the confirmation that God gave, mm. just from being a part of the whole process. Yeah. And also being open to 
whatever decisions you make. It kind of reminds me of the difference in the Old Testament, the New Testament. People in the Old Testament didn't always know what they were talking about, but they believed it. Right. They, didn't, they didn't already see these things that were going to happen. They just believed that God was, God was going to do what he said he was going to do. Amen. And just knowing that no matter how hard it seems right now, God can take something that, that the devil meant for evil, and he can turn it into something beautiful. Yeah, amen. Amen. Can I get uh, Sherry and Jackie, will y'all go ahead and come up? I just want to pray for y'all as a family, and um, just thank you so much for sharing. I, Sherry actually mentioned that same concept. We only see in part now what one day we'll see the right. full picture of. And I know it feels full right now because the emotions are flowing and everybody's here, but we have no idea when we get to heaven how much this story has actually changed people's lives. So, Can I just say that uh -oh. this, I just want to, I want them to tell the end of that story that Josh didn't tell about the three crosses. I want y'all to tell the end of that story oh, yeah, about, about the store. Yeah, about okay. the store. But I just wanted to say, too, this is, this is our first time. We have spoken a lot about pro-life and about adoption. Brandy spoke a lot about pro-life and adoption. Joshua, when he learned his story, has talked a lot. But this is the first time they've been together to do this. Can y'all tell the rest of the story? All right, so Joshua told you about the three crosses. And, of course, none of those things did any of us know ahead of time. You know, I had no idea my friend was going to go to this bookstore and buy this gift. And I had no idea that they were preparing a gold cross for me. Um, they had no idea that I wanted to give Joshua something that he could keep forever. And they had no idea I'd gone and bought a gold cross. And the lady I lived with here in Shepherding had put it into an ornament. They had no idea those things. Well... My friend and I, well, actually, I was by myself, but um, I came back to Columbia and was, you know, just kind of driving through town and happened to notice that the bookstore that we that Lindsay had gone to was still open. And I looked over, and the name of it was Joshua's Bookstore. Amen. And I remember thinking, wow. I mean, of all things. <laughs> so, as I say, the confirmation yeah. that God Come has on. given, I mean, even... How old are you? 27. 27, 27. years later. Good you Lord, know, we need to get you married. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm about to find a girl. Can y'all help us out with that? <laughs> yep. But even 27 years later, through his life, through Jackie and Sherry's life, yeah. through the life of my husband, my, my two children, I mean, to see my two boys in a photograph mm -hmm. with Joshua and Jackson, I will never forget the first time we took that picture. And I, you know, when I, we took it, it was, it was special. But when I went back and looked at it, mm. I thought, there's, how can anybody question God's sovereignty? Yeah. You know, Amen. that just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I want to pray. Anything else oh. you want to share? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So while she was pregnant with me, she did make me a lot of little cool trinkets, but she knitted this for me. Uh, I don't know if you have a backstory. Knit? Did you I remember say that this? wrong? I said that yeah. wrong. I'm sorry. No, she made well, that, the backstory for this is, is the friend of mine who bought the Precious Moments cross, you know, immediately Precious Moments became very important to me. That's a very old school thing. Most of y'all probably don't know what they are, huh. yeah. but I now have like a big curio cabinet of all these things, mm -hmm. and it's amazing how many people gave them to me 
because they knew the story. Um, and then <laughs> that's the best. We one. won't read it. I promise. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I don't, listen. I've read it so many times. <laughs> um, but then I just I never wanted Joshua to feel like he was not loved. And at the time, I did not know Jackie and Sherry. Um, so anyway, I wrote a poem. And then later on, Joshua asked me, I had had it typed out and printed, and later on, Joshua asked me, he said, do you mind doing it in your own handwriting? And so, that's that. Amen. Good job. Well, let's pray. I just want to close this service out, and while I pray, you guys feel free to uh, make your way back to the seats. But I just want to go before the Lord and just thank him so much for y'all's story of, I mean, it's really his story of grace and mercy. It's just amazing. Thank you so much, God. God, we love you, and we're just so undone. This story moves me, and I know that, um, I know there's folks here who maybe feel lost, maybe feel left out, maybe feel abandoned, sidelined for whatever reason, maybe not physically, but spiritually speaking, they just don't know where they fit in. They don't have a place to call home. They've never belonged. And I'm so thankful that through this a story like this, that you're speaking to someone's heart now, saying, I love you, you're my child. And I've, I, I, I spilled my blood, dying on a cross for your sins, was buried, rose again, made a way for you to be mine because I loved you that much. And I never wanted you to doubt my love. He's calling you. He's, he's asking you. He's begging you now. He's, he's made the way for you to be adopted as a child of God. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to make that invitation to you that if you've never received Jesus, if you've never felt like you belong to him, if you've never felt like a child of God, that can change today. If that's you, would you just say something like this in your heart? God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin and my brokenness separates me from you, but today I am becoming a child of God. Today I'm receiving Jesus as my Savior. I thank you that he left the 99 for the one. And today I'm realizing how much he's sought me out, how much he's pursued me, how much he loved me. Jesus, would you come into my life, change me, make me brand new. I'm trusting in Jesus for the first time today. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for a home in heaven. If that's you today, and you pray that prayer accepting Christ, can, can we just celebrate with you? Can we pray with you? If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Nobody's going to be looking around, calling you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand. Amen. Anybody else? Say, that's me. I'm... I felt a little displaced. I felt a little lost, but today I'm coming home. I'm coming home to Jesus. Anybody else? Amen. We thank you for this one hand. We thank you that when somebody trusts in you, you rush to them, you rush into them, you save them, you make them your own. And God, I just pray that through Josh and Brandy and Sherry and Jackie's adoption story, this beautiful picture of how you take all the broken pieces and you make something so beautiful out of it that you can shine through, that you can get the glory through. We pray that you'll continue to use this story both today, tomorrow, next year, that you would keep using the miracle of 
this adoption story to change lives, to change hearts, to breathe new life into somebody. We're thankful this morning, just completely undone by who you are. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen.